0: Hey, everyone. My name is Jared Milkey. And I am Seth Horst. Welcome to Copy That Radio.
1: Seth and I are both retired, air quotes retired, we still have jobs and careers, first responders. I retired from the fire service and Seth retired from law enforcement.
0: Boom, a cop and a firefighter in the same room. Telling stories. Ah, Love it. So our goal here is to share stories. Uh, We call it the ones we couldn't tell. Um, We're sharing stories to try to bridge that gap between the public and first responders.
1: That is correct. Yeah, we believe there's a lot of um, misconceptions about first responders and what they experience, what that life is like. Our goal is just to get the stories out there so people have a better understanding. And it's also fun for us. It is. Talking to our old
0: people. And therapeutic. Yeah, it's very therapeutic. Uh, We should warn you, some of these stories are explicit in nature. There will be swearing, um, sometimes gore, uh, other inappropriate content. So it is not kid-friendly.
1: Yes, not kid-friendly. So our goal is not to reach kids. Like I said, it's to reach adults and present these stories and this life, what it's like
0: to live that life to the public. Well, that's all. Enjoy the show. Thank you. We are live. Hey, Seth. Welcome to Copy That Radio. Hi, Jared. How you doing? Uh, Doing really, really well. We have some exciting news for our uh, six followers. As they can probably already hear, uh, well, this is actually the second episode with the is, new, yeah, yeah. Uh, new mics, but we have a new studio, new microphones, new Rode uh, box. I think I think the people in the podcast world call it roadie. I don't I've, know. Are, I've heard both ways. Mm-hmm. Someone let us know, correct us. We don't know. Um, we
1: have a pro setup here. We spent some
0: money and bought everything we needed to sound beautiful. We still have a little styling to do in the studio before we put out any pictures because it's. In my basement, and that's cooler than my mom's basement, so we're not there. Um, mm-hmm. But when I say basement, that's, like, it's pretty pretty nice basement, I guess. It's, it's a living area. It's not it's just a basement. Finished. Uh, but We, we took over a guest bedroom. We did, yeah. My wife was actually cool with that. So um, the bed is now in another part of the house, and we have a whole room, and we can hang out. As soon there will be a couch, and we can just, like, yeah. dude out down here and either drink coffee or whiskey. Yeah, we've, so we have two podcast options
1: for our, our guests that are in person. Do morning coffee or evening whiskey. I like Whatever it. Whatever you want. Coffee or
0: whiskey. Let's talk. And it goes different ways depending on what you're drinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh this is a coffee podcast, by the way, just so you know. This is a coffee. This is morning. What are we? 10 o'clock? Yeah, I've already had two cups and yeah, about that. We've been up since That's five. Soft, yeah. I've had three. Oh dang. It's too late. Do you think I can text my wife and have her bring us down a cup? <laughs> no. <laughs> she's The boss lady gets mad. She does. She's working. Oh, if you don't know, she is our boss now. That's Let's right. Talk about that. She's a, she's a great boss. She is. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> a kind and benevolent leader. How is she our boss, now? <laughs> Jared is the newest member of the team. What, 10, what eight, team? Ten Eight Real Estate. We are going to be uh, dominating the market up here in North Idaho in the next few years, and we're pretty excited about it. Uh, We're going to do that by providing service and being unfalteringly honest. That's correct. And having integrity because that's lacking a little bit sometimes up here. And those are our qualities that we bring from our previous line of work and just who we are. So I think that's going to go a long way for us. And we're happy to have you.
1: We both have um, personally, we have very high standards. Yeah. And we're going to uphold that in the business. And we are not looking for huge volume of clients, right? Correct. We're looking to serve our clients, the few clients we do have extremely
0: well. And Bill, we've been pretty lucky so far building lasting relationships with those people, like cool people that I'm happy to have here. And I would have coffee or lunch with anytime. So pretty excited about that. Yeah.
1: So if you're listening and you want to move to North Idaho or Central Idaho, we can get down there. Southern Idaho is not really our thing. Yeah. I am actually going to get licensed in Montana well so we can do the border the western montana idaho border we have a lot of clients or people that have reached out to seth wanting to look at properties over
0: there yep so i'm going to get my montana license and if you're sell if you're off a little bit in your brain and you want to move to washington uh eastern washington we can help you with that sort of we can refer you to We our
1: we're not licensed there
0: yeah we have people i'm not i don't like to cross that border no, I do everything
1: doesn't. I can not to go to Spokane. Yeah. Um, Mostly because when I go there, uh, homeless people scream at me.
0: I don't like that. I left that behind in California, and I don't miss it at all. Uh, little known fact. Maybe it's, I don't know. No, it's probably not known worldwide. There are almost no homeless people in Coeur Idaho. Almost none. Very, like, f- very like few. one or two I saw this summer, and they're not, I don't even see them anymore. And I live downtown. Yeah, there's some homeless people floating around. Um,
1: but, yeah, I don't know. What the difference is really, there's a lot of homeless people in Spokane probably because it's it's like the hub for the region for the Inland Northwest. Yeah. The travel hub, buses, trains, all the methods of transportation come through or around there. So, uh, yeah, we don't plan on getting a license in Washington. Correct. If you live in Washington, that's cool. We have friends that live there. I don't hate you. They also have a much, um, what's the word, more stringent policies like if you do contracting or anything else over there it's it's way more difficult to do
0: business in Washington and let's not even go down the the unspeakable sickness road and what they're doing over there so oh yeah can we that say that too. word no I no, don't want to say it I want to say it anyway so uh here we go switching gears um you need more like uh stuff on your side of the desk, Jared. I have like challenge coins. I have a patch. I have a sticker. I have a narwhal. Yeah, I just I need to dig through my boxes and find some yeah. of my stuff. Wow. Uh, we're, we're also going to
1: adorn our walls here with cool things.
0: Yeah, we're gonna do um, my trooper hat, your mount me hat. Yeah, yeah, and one of my helmets. It's gonna be sweet.
1: Yep, and we're, we're gonna order some flags and some banners too.
0: Let's do it. It's gonna look good. Um, yeah. So, what are we talking about today? We had a we had an oh, idea. Speaking of, I saw a new banner that we need. Well, what is it? It says. Let's go, Brandon. Oh. <laughs> I think that is the funniest thing ever, by the way. It is hilarious. I just crack, it just cracks me yeah, up. It's funny. We have a sign out in our front yard right on the street. Yeah. So do you. Somebody gave me one. Wow. Oh, yeah. How cool is that? Ooh.
1: All right. So let's transition this um, downhill conversation into today's episode.
0: There, there, There is actually value in this episode, other than us talking about the studio and all my swag and, and let Brandon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so
1: one of our friends recently, we were talking, um, he is getting out of the profession and he made a comment. He's like, I just,
0: I don't know what to do. I don't have any skills. And we were like, what? Yeah. But yeah. I understand the feeling. Cause I kind of just went through the same thing. Me too. Uh, you went through it like a little longer ago. So you're mm-hmm. like on the, you're, you're, you're a voice of wisdom for me. Um, it's a hard transition.
1: It is. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things going on there, um just culturally. Um, there's a lot of things to deal with and manage. There's also a lot of identity things going on depending on like that's a whole that's Ooh. that's a personal thing that you know about we've been diving into in a men's coaching group that we're a part of. But there is a, there's a lot to unpack there, so you couldn't like just tell somebody what to do or try to like diagnose them and say here do this and you'll be all right. And just fix yourself. Right. That never works. <laughs>
0: what do you mean? That, word, that doesn't When you work? yell
1: at people to fix themselves, they, they generally don't listen. Weird. Yeah. So anyways, our friend said this, and we were like, Right, I was like, hold up. We're going to have a conversation about
0: that mm-hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. But we thought it would also be good to record an episode around this. Yeah. Um, I think coming, f- coming from that field, you are, you have this, like, okay, you just show up to work every day, and you do your job, and you do that for 30 years or 20 years or whatever. And you're good. You're well taken care of. You get a pension. You get health insurance. And that's awesome. That's all you have to do, right? But transition. There's a lot more to it than <laughs> There's that. There's a lot more to it. Uh, and so you, so you leave that world, and now you're like, oh, wait. I don't have a guaranteed paycheck. That's kind of scary. That is scary. I may not have health insurance. Scary. Super scary. Um, so, like, yeah, you, f- you feel like, what, what can I even do here? Do I, do I have skills? I've been just this cop firefighter paramedic whatever for so long i feel like that's the only thing i know how to do
1: yeah and then our, the culture reinforces that that, that uh, you in some places you have an elevated status as like a heroic person mm. you know generally people from those lines probably of probably more
0: so in the, in the law enforcement world than the firefighter <laughs> oh that's not true <laughs> uh,
1: but in some places are different than others um and it's a lot of the people that work in those professions, they don't carry that. They don't walk around with that swagger, like "oh, we're heroes." There are some idiots that do. Yeah. But uh, when you, but you're what you're doing is you're creating an identity around being a protector and a provider, and y- you know, your job, your role in society is to do all of these things. Mm-hmm. And when you leave, and you're like, "Oh shit, what do I do now?" I'm, I can't do anything.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, I'll just go be a. And no offense to anyone that just does this job, I'll be go go be a door greeter at walmart you would be surprised i've heard so many guys retiring that say well, that's what i'm going to go do and that's fine if that's what you do and you like that but that's not all you can do yeah you by have any
1: means so one of the one of the things we're going to unpack today or talk about is um, we're going to break down actually taking a look at your skill set so people mm-hmm. see you retire from the fire service um, you think oh, I, you know i only know how to patch up people that have experienced trauma or die, they're, they're dying from some medical emergency or, you know, I, I know how to tear cars and houses apart to put out fires or to or save
0: people. Pick up 400-pound people off their bathroom floor.
1: Yeah, you know, and people pass out in the bathroom from some type of emergency. They always crap themselves. Like You're, you're well-versed in that. We understand. Gosh, but that's horrible. All of those things, in reality, what you're doing is you're just communicating, right? So you're, mm. like, as a firefighter, Working in emergency medicine, um, all of my patients, I had a very good bedside manner, even though, like, I look gruff and I sound very direct and forward. I could get on anybody's level. This is partly my personality. and it's, it's partly also a learned skill. I could get on their level and be who they needed me to be at that moment, right? And what that does for me outside of there, I didn't learn this, actually. I mean, I've been gone since 2014. So it's seven, y- I'll go on eight years, almost eight years. Wow. wow. Yeah. I left at the end of 2014, and we're now at the end of 2021. Ooh, this month? What's today? The 28th is my retirement date. No way. Yes. Dude. What a, what a, I didn't even realize that until just now. Holy cow.
0: That's cool. Interesting. So that's officially eight years. No, 14. No, that you left. Seven. Right? What? This is 21? Yeah. Seven years. Seven years to the day.
1: 14 to 21 is seven, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is seven. Wow. Correct. See? Seven years. See, to I don't day. have skills. I don't have any math that's skills. From, that's from my old um, medic math, you know, fast. <laughs> I didn't have those skills as a cop. Oh. So it, what I'm saying is I went through a lot of struggle and transition time where, like, I really, like, you legit have a loss of identity. You, it's a crisis. You don't know. There's no training. There's no education. The same veterans experience the same thing when they leave especially if they had um, certain roles that are considered like a elevated or upper echelon oh yeah job uh, whether they do 6 years or 8 or 15 or 20 it's a, it's the same thing you've been created molded to be like this is me this is what I do we kick ass we kick doors in we do uh, like we do all these things we save lives
0: and the, and there's a separation so once you join that team that brotherhood sisterhood you know of whatever field you go into you are somewhat separated from the general population. Yeah, yeah. Whether you look at it that way or not, um, it is the reality. Well, the, the biggest factor that people, this is the public doesn't understand this, the biggest factor there is your
1: literal schedule. Yes. Like you have to hang out with the people that have your time off. Yeah. Like, like our, f- our friends that have gone overseas, they, depl- they deploy on a rotation on a schedule. Like they, c- they can't hang out with other people. They just don't. Like, what are you going to do? Come back? After six months or whatever your deployment schedule was, and be like, "Hey, I'm back. Let's hang out." Like they're they're
0: going on about
1: their lives, so you hang out with the people that have your schedule, right?
0: Right. And you work weekends, um, so yep. you have maybe Tuesday, Wednesday off, if or whatever days. Uh, not a lot of people have those days off, so yeah, you're not hanging out and partying with your friends on the weekends. Yeah,
1: like everybody that works your shift has to work the same holiday, but they have the same days off. So you're like, "Oh, we're gonna holiday. With, we're gonna do our holidays with them." Yep. Because there's nobody else to do it with. So, and part of that is also, um, just human. Like you want to be around like-minded people. It's just,
0: that's a general thing that all humans carry. That's a huge part of it is that, um, yeah, it's like they get you, they understand where you're going through. They understand the crash you were at this weekend that you saw some stuff that's going to hang with you. Like they get it. It's hard to, it's been hard to share those stories with other people too. Like you need to talk about it, but you start talking about it and the next thing you know, everybody's crying in the room and you're like, I just ruined the party.
1: Yeah, that's why we started the show.
0: Exactly why. Right. But back on track, like when,
1: when you leave, you have that crisis. Um, sometimes it's an identity crisis. Sometimes it's several other things, just some, some fear, some doubt, some uncertainty. Um, and what helped me, the greatest factor was a couple years after I left, I realized that like, I I had been um, carrying that energy with me, carrying that th- that in the back of my mind my psyche everything i was being was well i used to be this now i'm
0: not mm-hmm.
1: once i realized hey I, that doesn't mean anything i can i can do whatever the hell i want like
0: you don't need that to no. be yeah. who you are today not at all i, I understand that feeling there's like um <clears throat> hanging up the holster you know like i'm used to carrying a gun and being that symbol of authority where people like you show up on a scene of chaos and people look to you and they're like fix it and you do and there's like there's a certain pride in that and a certain f- it's, it's hard to shake that feeling it's yeah. like wearing the superman i hate to say it like this because it sounds whatever but you're wearing the superman cape and then now you don't you wear it anymore you're like am i am i even anything still
1: yeah, yeah you feel like
0: you lost everything totally That's the identity. It's hard to walk away from that.
1: Yeah, and then you bolt on a few things like losing, losing those relationships, that community because you're you're no longer around those people. You're no longer on the same shift as all the people you've been working with for years. You're no longer like having to work the holidays, but they do. Like it's just different. You're forced into learning to meet new people. Yeah. So back to where I was going was um, realizing that I had a high. this was ag- this is actually funny because when we left, it, I've started. have had several businesses since then, and one of the things I struggled with in the beginning of those businesses was selling with sales, right? Because we have the most people have a preconceived notion about you know selling is sleazy and
0: you gotta have slicked back hair for that, and you don't have any hair.
1: Dirty, yeah. Like to use car salesmen or like uh, now would be essential oils <laughs> or whatever. Oh, you
0: d- how dare you,
1: sir! Oh, I did it. How yeah. dare you? That doesn't mean those are bad. That means. There's a bunch of sleazy sales tactics around things sold on the internet. So, um, all that is to say, you don't have to think that about sales. Like you don't.
0: No, you're you're quite literally providing a service or a uh, product that the other person is in need of. Right. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that.
1: But but having that realization, even after I started my own business and was trying to was selling stuff, um, just realizing that wait. I used to talk people off the ledge while they were dying, right? Yep. Or while they were facing some existential crisis, some massive crisis in their life, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, whatever, whatever their thing was. I used to talk them back to reality, but, but I can't sell this thing that costs $100 or $1,000 or whatever I'm trying to sell.
0: I was just like, oh, yeah, That's I, I can do this shit. <laughs> this is stupid. Yeah. Well, you literally told me this not that long ago. And then you got me thinking about it, too. And for from a law enforcement perspective, I'm like, holy shit. I have talked people into handcuffs hundreds of times. Right. Right? Yeah. Uh, without a fight, without anything. I'm literally selling them on the idea of, I'm going to take you to jail, and it's all going to be fine.
1: Yeah, dude. I've, dude. I've done it with drunk people, with <laughs> high people, with crazy people.
0: When you, Yeah, when you told me that, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's like ultimate sales right there.
1: Dude, if you, you can talk somebody that's strung out into getting into an ambulance on their own, with, like... That's a big deal. That's a big deal. You you are a high level negotiator at
0: that point. Yeah. So, okay, awesome. There's one, w- there's one of the skills is, is communication. Yeah. Like the ultimate level of communication. You can yes. communicate with anyone uh, from the executive to the crackhead. Right. And get your point across and um, get them on your team. Yeah.
1: That was a realization I had a few years ago when I was actually doing some sales uh, training. Uh, there's, and I've had thousands, literally thousands of interactions with people in when their whole world was collapsing around them. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And in most of those interactions, I was the voice of reason that coached them. I coached them through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's true for every first responder. Like you had thousands of those. Every everybody's done that, right? Yep. I'm not saying I, like I was I'm some heroic thing, but that like that's your job. So realizing that, wait, I sold this person on that. <laughs> you know, I did this, I did that. I, I'm just started remembering all these calls I've been on where I had to sell a concept or what was going to happen next to the person. And I was like, Oh yeah, I can do this. Why, have yeah. I, why have I been freaking out about this?
0: And um, you know, I mean, that is one career you could get into. You could transition into is something along those lines. And if, if it, You may find, you find something that like aligns with your values. Like I don't want to be a used car salesman, nothing wrong with that at all. Some guys might align with that. I know a guy that really wants to do that, but for like, for me, it's selling real estate and I love it because I'm dealing with contracts. I'm dealing with people I'm I'm having their back, making sure they don't get screwed over by the other side. It's like, it's super enjoyable to me and it keeps my brain engaged and I don't feel anything negative about it at all. Whereas if I were selling some other product, I'd think, eh, I don't really want to do this because I maybe my values don't align with that.
1: You're just not into that product, really. Right. It doesn't really matter what it is. That, so that w- that's going to lead us into the next part here. Um, I Realizing that no matter what I did, and we talked about this this morning after our group, um, no matter what I did, I had a woodworking business for a while. Um, I've done some several facets of coaching, life and business coaching, pers- like personal training, now we have our gym for athletes. Um, the conversation to get kids into our school, that is a thats a high-level sales conversation, right? It's not cheap to run a very small school. Um, but I- it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're providing a service that's of value to people. Mm-hmm. You could be selling widgets on Amazon. If people want that thing, and you're getting them what they want, and you're not being shady or sleazy, like you're not being, um, what's the word? You're not being a bad person around the transaction. Right. Not trying to steal or con them. Then you are serving others.
0: Yep. I've had to remind myself of that, like making calls for real estate, like calling leads that come in. At first I was like, I hate like, I, I hate it. I don't love it yet still, but I've reminded myself like, hey, you know what? Like I'm providing something to them. I'm not asking them for anything. Like and if you bring that value, it makes it a lot easier to... To, to cross that line, for me at least. For sure. Um, You've had, like, a really interesting series of things since you retired. Thanks. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. And I think, I mean, maybe you should, like, run through them real quick because I think a lot of people might be like, oh. Like, I think a lot of guys are like, I've always wanted to try that one thing, but there's there's some fear keeping them from crossing the line, right? But you seem to not have that fear. <laughs> I'm kind of a crazy,
1: stupid person. Like, not crazy, but, like, um, I'll if somebody comes up with a concept, a friend – family member, whoever, and they're like, oh, we should try this. And if I like it, if I agree, I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's do it. And everybody's like, wait, hold on. I, w- I was just talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I've always been that person that's like, yeah, let's do it, let's try I've, it. i
0: noticed that about you. Yeah. It's its cool, it's inspiring.
1: got me in a lot of trouble when I was younger because I would try to do too many things, mm. and try to do everything for everyone. Um, you know, too many irons in the fire, that kind of thing. Yeah. Or this, And I had to learn, like, there, there were a lot of things I would have no knowledge or experience of, and I'd be like, we'll figure it out. That's you a good can't run businesses
0: like that. True. Um, it's good energy, though.
1: It is good energy, but you have to learn how to channel it. Mm-hmm. There's probably a lot of guys from our profession, a lot of people from our profession that are in that same boat. Like, they, they want to go and do and try things. So just yeah. There's some fear or they've been conditioned to believe that they have to have that job for 30 years. Um, so y- you want to go through what my leaving public service?
0: Yeah. Okay. Just yeah, run through them. I think it's pretty neat.
1: I'm going to condense this first part. Cause there's a lot there. I just don't want to talk about. It doesn't apply to this. Okay. Um, so I started in the fire service when I was 18, right out of high school. As like, soon as, right after I turned 18, I started, bu- I graduated 17, turned 18. Um, later that year, started volunteering right after that.
0: I don't think your 18 year old self would have been impressed with my 18 year old self. So kudos.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Uh, well, so reality is I just always wanted to be a public servant when I was very young. I would said I wanted to be in the military. Um, I just ended up being in the fire service. Like, it doesn't, it never, m- I was, I was open to being a cop. I was open to being a firefighter, military, a doctor. I, I had no plans. That's what, ha- that was, w- that's what was presented to me. And I ran with it and I was good at it.
0: That's fantastic. I think, um, you know, when you, yeah, I'll share my side of when I was doing, when I was 18, a little later, when you get a little older, I'll tell you all about it. Oh, thanks.
1: oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a, so that's a side joke. Seth is older than me. But he's my not my much. smaller big brother, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you tower over me a little bit, and I'm not a small man, so no. it's impressive,
1: all right, so yeah, I went straight into the fire service, that's what you know I was kinda in this place of I knew I wanted to be of service, and I had several friends, you know, I'm from a small town, and small town people you just like when you get out of high school, if you don't go to college or leave for the military, um you just hang out with your. Friends that are older than you, that they've been out for a couple of years and they're working. I had several friends that were already firefighters, a few were in law enforcement. Um, Just came up at somebody's house one night. And I was like, Yeah, I'm going. One of my cousins was a, g- a major with the sheriff's office back home, and I was going to go ride with
0: him. Maybe angle your mic higher. Oh,
1: is Sorry, it? Are you missing me? D- yeah, derail you. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Give me one second here.
0: I probably should have muted mine while you're doing that too. That's right. I think that's gonna be better. It's gonna be way better. Oh, it's you gotta crank that thing tight. Now it's too low again. <laughs> <laughs> we're right back where we started here, sir. Oh, look at that. Problem solved.
1: I'm sorry, everyone. My mic was sagging.
0: That is so clear. Did you're we
1: just record all of that?
0: And yep, poor quality. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, no, no. It was good. You were just you're uh i was softer you were fatiguing and you were slouching my and mic well, so then my then mic was sagging yeah that's what it was yeah i was, was, I was following the mic <laughs> now it's going to be better for you now I'm, I'm sitting up straighter now too and now i got to change my mic
1: posture is everything all right okay. so sorry i was <coughs> hanging out with some friends that were older than me Seth, you got to mute yourself when no, you do I'm that done. i'm not going to do it anymore I'm smack your hand <laughs> um <laughs> so and they said hey why don't you come ride with us at the firehouse? some a couple of my older friends were already working. They were like three, four, five years older than me. And I did, and that's where I stayed. So after I, I rode a couple shifts with them and was like, holy cow, this is awesome. I love this. And I just stayed there. I didn't pursue law enforcement or the military. I just I found what I wanted to do. So I did that. And long story short, 14 years later, after every possible adventure training class t- call scenario like you like promoted too didn't you yeah i did yeah, i promoted i
0: um made lieutenant two years before i r- retired is that um it's slightly different than law enforcement is lieutenant like the next step up from how, how what's the rank structure at least to that level? well rank structure uh, fire departments
1: are n- they don't follow the same rank structure um, like it, it can vary department to department Most places have firefighter, so new firefighters are considered lower than firefighters, like probationary firefighters, your first year, and then firefighter, and then engineer is the driver, and then lieutenant or captain is the officer seat on the rig, on on an engine or ladder. And then there's also staff office positions that are lieutenants, captains, um, and lower levels of chiefs. And then after after you come off of a rig, you would be a a battalion chief working, like, by yourself in a truck, responsible for multiple stations, right? So you're overseeing the lieutenants. Lieutenants are overseeing people on their rigs. Got it. And then you, from there, it's all, like, there's varying chief structures, depending on where you are. And the rest of that is uh, primarily office staff.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So I promoted to lieutenant, and right now, it's cool now, all my guys that I got hired with or came up with, they are... Working in the office, their chiefs, their battalion chiefs, um, chiefs of training, chiefs of EMS, whatever they do. So, yeah. I was a lieutenant. I was also an instructor for a long time. I don't think we talked about that. No. Oh. I did that um, for seven years. And a bunch of other things. I was on the special operations team. I was on the honor guard. Um, it, oh, here's an—I went to—I med- finished medic school, but I did not work as a medic. So that's another conversation. Like full-on paramedic
0: school? Yeah. Not EMT? Like 15 months. E- EMT is separate from medic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was an EMT, but yeah. not as cool as a medic. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So
1: th- I did all those things. I did all like every possible training, all the stuff you could do. And before I decided I was done. Uh, so then I left. That's, wh- that's what we're getting to. When I left, um, my wife and I for several years had been trying to move. We w- when we got married, we both wanted to leave Florida. We're both from there. Uh, it's a very cool place culture is very cool a um, lot of fun stuff to do if you're into the water and we are but it's also hot all year we both prefer seasons and mountains and like having some variation and the population on there is very large now I've it's between 20 and 30 million i don't that's just counting like legit residents i don't know how many people moved i know a bunch of east coast people moved down there since the sickness started Na- the name we won't say.
0: Don't say it.
1: <laughs> um, and then there's also a bunch of um, illegal immigrants down there. So
0: And there's lots of creatures that want to kill you when you swim in the water. There's lots of that. Yeah. Yeah. We grew up swimming That's with a big downer.
1: Sh- sharks and alligators and snakes, that, you know, things that try to get you. But you just learn to deal with it. It's fun. Those are other
0: stories for fun. other times. Fun. Yeah. Sure.
1: Uh, we wanted to leave Florida and we decided that right after we got married. Oh, this actually plays into this whole conversation. So when we first, like right after we got married, I think I'd been on three or four years started my department at 18 as a volunteer for a little while went through school right away got hired at 19 um yeah so I got married at 22 told everybody like yeah we're gonna figure like over the next couple years we're gonna figure it out we want to move we wanted to go to the islands originally um the Caribbean oh yeah, get some like random jobs at a resort or whatever. I know a few other people. If you live in Florida, this is a more common thing. Most people don't know about this, but you can go over there and get a job working on boats. It can be it could be a ferry that goes between islands. It could be a charter fishing boat. It could be a commercial boat. There's all kinds of jobs where you you can make decent money and you mm-hmm. can to live island life. That's fun. Yeah. Um, so we talked about doing that, and all the guys, all the older guys that brought me up, they're like, oh, "You're gonna be a shrimp boat captain," <laughs> like being stupid.
0: I was like whatever dude screw you like uh yeah. do, do you think that's common i i've run into that too any any time i had another business idea uh it would get shot down or beat up pretty bad yeah in the briefing room i was like i wonder why that culture is like that and i wonder if that plays into the challenge for guys to transition out of that it's like feeling they're going to get beat up if they go get a job at Cabela's or whatever
1: it definitely makes it harder. Yeah. Like it, I think even though I had struggles, it was probably easier for me and you both because we both have that mindset. Like we want to do things, figure things out, um, make stuff happen. Thank you. Did you fix it? I did. Sorry, everyone. We're having some, uh, new studio issues we're trying to figure <laughs> <laughs> out getting the mics all <laughs> mics, dialed in uh, actually mine I didn't have mine tight enough and it was sagging a minute ago that's what that was and then
0: Seth was just messing with his saggy mic I think that's a metaphor whoa
1: yeah so that transition is if you come from that like I don't know what's the word just There's nothing else you believe like this is it. This is all I am. This is all there is. Goddamn highway
0: ranger for life, or yeah, whatever fireman or whatever. Yeah,
1: Um, it's gonna be way harder to transition out for sure, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But if you like Seth and I both believe in crazy things and we've had our own business ventures and ideas both while we were in public service and since then, um, it's it was still hard for us.
0: Seth is actually you're only a year away, right? Not even. Yeah. April was my official retirement date. Whoa. Yeah, even though I was already living here and I was pretty much out.
1: Because you were out on medical. Yeah.
0: Um. So, yeah, October, actually October last year is when I went off on medical. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been about a year, I guess, technically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. And I'm still, yeah, like you were saying, I'm still kind of. Uh, struggling with that, I'm just kind of now hitting my stride a little bit. I don't think it's a really big struggle for you though, because you're Not you're, you're open to things. I am. I am. And that's open the
1: word. Closed. Yep. If you're closed and don't believe things are possible, yeah, that that is going to be much more of a struggle. So yeah, I we had my wife and I the last few years right before I left, we try we were trying to move out here up to the northwest. It's our favorite place. We wanted to go there. Like we like the culture, the mountains. The, in some areas, like Lane, there's tons of water that was a requirement, so we
0: and let me add, there's nothing in the water here that tries to kill you no, just on the land, yeah, just just a few, <laughs> just, just, a few <laughs> just grizzlies and cats and bears moose and yeah. wolves, brown bears, black bears I'll take that though that's like my element too sorry, I don't want to get sidetracked.
1: we both grew up in the woods and yeah. the and the water, but Mine was we creeks. prefer the woods, yeah, yeah. so um so I leaving you. the fire service. Wasn't as it was a very long process for me. Uh, for several years, I tested for departments out here. I won't name them, but I made a list for several departments out here. And this was this was post recession, so we started this process in '08, mm. and I didn't leave the fire service until 2014.
0: So so you were so thinking about it that whole time, or just thinking trying. of something? Uh, we started.
1: Well we had legitimate conversations that year, like we were living in Florida and things were bad down there with the economy like when the whatever the great recession is that what they call it when that hit and there was a housing crisis and all those crappy mortgages tanked. um there was a lot of struggle down there but we decided all right well that's you know it's time we gotta we've been making these plans and like I said we want to go to the islands originally and then just over the years we were married we decided that we wanted something different we didn't want to do that because we're like that's our place we want to do it because we thought it would be fun I still think it would be fun did kids change that at all um no, we would have changed anyways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I I can't live there for very long. Even though I grew up in Florida and I've been sunburnt like oh. hundreds of times. Yeah, um, I'm I'm pasty white. Like I'm not like Casper white, but my skin is not built to be in the sun all day every day. Yeah. So uh, we made our list of things we wanted. Criteria started looking at places. Obviously, the Northwest was the winner. Um, I other places were on my list. I would have gone to Maine or like the UP of Michigan or Minis- like the Great Lakes somewhere up there in the, in the wild of Minnesota. I would have gone to a place like that. Um, actually didn't want that much snow. Mm. And now looking back, that was a very great wise decision on her part. Yeah. Uh, Maine would be cool. I don't think anywhere else I would like at this point besides Idaho, Montana or Wyoming. Um, So we made a list, we, you know, water, seasons, mountains, we had all this criteria, these things that we were looking for. I started applying for departments, I made the list for several departments over that next three or four years, Um, went through the hiring process, the complete process for two of them, and one of them I did partially, that was the last one, and, you know, these, a couple of them, two of the three departments were bigger, and like you're testing with thousands and thousands of people. It's terrible. It's horrible, right? But making that list, that's that's like a huge thing at the end. Like, you know, you go through the whole process. You make the list. Um, one of them, I wasn't high on the list. I think they carried 200 or just under 200 people on their list, and then they threw that whole list out a year later. We heard nothing from them. They're like, yeah, we're on a hiring freeze. We're throwing this list out and starting over next year. That sucks. So you can come back and apply again if you want. Um, second one was a smaller department. Made that list too. Um, not that many people tested because it was a smaller city and i want to say i think 8 or 900 tested for that and 40 of us were on the list i was near the end of that li- of that final list and i didn't know anybody there and they hired 5 or 6 people from that list out of order that means they picked who they wanted and that's fine i don't i don't have any problems with that but
0: we should do a whole another episode on the hiring process and oh yeah it's it's oh. that's a whole other thing
1: yeah and then the third department i Made it partially. I made it. I passed the written. Um, and this was the biggest test of all. Thousands of people tested. And then by that point, it had been three or four years of me planning, traveling, testing. I mean, I was like ten, ten thousand or so in the hole for that much travel. And this whole time, wow. we were, we were, um, we weren't telling anybody about this because we didn't want to tell. Like, you can't tell work and. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, well yeah. they're trying to move. And every every time you go away, oh, he's trying to move. I just don't want to deal with that shit. And then you get a different thing at work. Like you're put on a list of, oh, he doesn't matter.
0: No promotions for you.
1: So I decided I was done testing and we were going to figure out something else. And over those few years, like, it's funny, this is another thing that's come up in our coaching we're doing together and some other parts of our life. But when you finally, like, when you give up control, when you give up, like, say, all right, I'm here. Go, let's go see what happens. Yeah. Everything changes, right? Yeah. So I gave that up. I was like, you know what? Maybe this isn't supposed to be, let's figure this out. There's something else coming. I don't know what it is, but we'll figure it out. And then I, you know, I was still working through the whole process of getting all my stuff in line to get promoted. I'd already actually tested once before that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> but, uh, so I tested again, made the list, got promoted. And in that time, like that's when that story I told, it's a few episodes. one of our, early episodes about leaving the fire service. Look that one up. It's um, had this moment where I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with this. I, I can't do it anymore. That's based on several other factors. So when I finally pulled, decided that was the thing, we started looking at other options. Like, all right, I'm not going to test for any more departments. I'm not going to try to make it uh, as a firefighter. Let's see what happens. Um, we decided we still wanted to move. And, you know, it's one of those, like, we Ashley and I were coaching each other through this process and had no idea what we were doing and it was like these are how our conversations would start well, what do you want to do what would you actually do
0: <laughs> i don't know
1: well i mean if you didn't have to worry about money if you didn't have to worry about this what what would you do what would be your thing god i've had the same conversations yeah right <laughs> these are important i think a lot of people have but they're they're they don't believe it's possible or they're scared to act or they yeah i don't i don't know but so we had those conversations and i was like you know what if i and this is still true some people and we'll talk about that too some people would say well you should do that then i don't believe that personally if i had nothing to worry about i would live in the woods and just build stuff I fully uh, believe I, that. i'm i a woodworker yeah. i grew up in a wood shop with my grandfather he was a retired contractor had a really not nice it was massive and dirty and dusty and he's he grew up in the great depression so he just hoarded like we had endless things like every scrap of wood was tucked away somewhere that's awesome. We threw away my dad and I when he died. Between the garage that was attached to their house and the shop across the street, we threw away three thirty-yard dumpsters of trap of unusable scraps.
0: Oh, wow!
1: Yeah, massive. That's a lot. It is. Yeah, it was a big garage, but um, big garage and a big shop. But yeah, it was it was like that. So I grew up. I still have. We have a bunch of furniture in our house that he made, like that grandfather clock. That's really yeah. That's he made that. Oh, super. Our cool. our whole bedroom set he made. The kid, the boys' bunk beds he made. Heck, yeah. Yeah, my parents, my sisters still have a bunch of that stuff. So anyway, I grew up doing that. I love that. Um, My mom's family. Th- I, this really just got into Jared's history. I don't know how we did that, but hey, my mom's <laughs> family. They're <laughs> from Florida like a long time ago, 1700s Florida. And they all used to be loggers. Florida had a big logging industry. When you say Florida yeah. and logging, I'm just, I don't know. Tons, yeah. dude. Tons of high-quality trees. Like those swamp loggers. I'll, you've ever seen that show in I history? Have, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's giant massive cypress logs still down at the bottom of those rivers and creeks so weird from from long ago um anyways they did that and i mean they did other things too some of them were in public service some of them were butchers and you know like old trade jobs but they that side of my family those guys taught me how to uh, swing an axe around a chainsaw that kind of stuff so i just grew up doing that there's actually a few places in lake county and the other surrounding counties of florida where you can go out into the woods and find these old sawmills from the early 1900s. That's cool. They're just sitting there, random like random pieces of equipment still sitting there. Hmm. Um, I'm sure it's like that everywhere that had a logging industry. But yeah, you just float them down the rivers. The rivers down there, are pretty nice. So that's cool. Lay them down, get them to the river, and float them. So that's what I learned growing up. I lo- just really love woodworking, working with wood, trees, stuff like that. Don't don't say, we have in don't say it. Don't say it. We have that in common. I thought you were gonna make a joke about working with wood. Oh, d- you had that face. Do you
0: think I would dare go so lowbrow as that? You did it this morning. Yeah, I did. You're right.
1: <laughs> that's good humor. Not to me, but to another friend. <laughs> it wasn't that joke, but it was an inappropriate joke. <laughs> uh, I'm good at those. Yeah. So that's that, That's where this conversation led us. She was like, "Well, what would you? I can teach anywhere. She's a teacher. I, I can do that." This is before she decided to do her own thing. Um, what would you do? I was like, I would just build stuff, and we'd live in the woods. So
0: Sounds really nice.
1: I said, Well, I wanna learn proper woodworking. So we found a woodworking school in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Mm. We found lots of schools. Um this one was advertised as a four year program and teach you this whole skill set of taking a tree and turning it into everything all the way into like from a log cabin into furniture into cabin, like the whole process.
0: That sounds awesome.
1: Um yeah. So we moved there for that school. School ended up being a bust. Um it was like poor like the not as growing. advertised? Not as advertised, no. Really? Yep. I stayed for a year as a full-time student. Um, I learned a lot of life lessons, and I learned a lot of skills from my other friends in the school. Uh, I think the school folded up um, after the events of uh, 2020. Dang. But, it was I had met friends there. I met a bunch of good people. Actually, one of my best friends growing up, she ended up marrying one of my schoolmates because I introduced them. Cool. Now, they have, now they have two kids, and they live up here over in Oregon. But a lot of good came from that experience so we moved there to do that and we ended up buying a house like out, you know out in the country in the, the hills of town had a little wood shop did my own woodworking thing for a while a bunch of stuff like that um and i did some work for some contractors and remodelers uh, doing cabinets and other things too and learned a lot but i also learned that that's not what i wanted to do
0: i think that's part of the process right just yeah. try things. Well, that's the thing. Like, people would say, well, just go do what you love, and you'll never work it. That's all bullshit. I used to say that. Yeah, It's stupid. Well, now I, now I kind of I feel like you that. C- you can <laughs> learn
1: to love what you do. I, I love yeah. So, I love real estate. We've been involved in real estate yeah. before. We've owned two of our houses, and even though we had realtors, I did a lot of the work for that, like a lot of the research, a lot of the required background stuff I did myself. Our last house, we sold by owner. We just paid a real estate attorney to draft the contract. Smart. Yeah.
0: Um you know, you know what I like about, I think this is one change is, is like working for yourself is that like you can be as motivated as you want or as unmotivated, like you create your own destiny in that. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's a freedom in that, that is also scary, but at the same time, it's like so liberating. Like, okay, I don't have, I'm not working for the man.
1: Yeah. Well, I, mean I, make, my own
0: like de- I, I make my own destiny. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, I
1: like it. That is a big part of it. Like just being free. If I w- if i want to go take the afternoon off and take my kids somewhere yeah because you know our family needs that i wa- i want to be able to do that i can i can choose to work at night or get up early in the mornings to make that time up if i have to make it up for working right or i cannot i could can have a job that doesn't require that much time or a career or a business whatever that may be um, so that i learned that even though i love woodworking and I w- that's quite literally one of my favorite things to do you know people talk about being in the flow state mm-hmm that that is a lit- that's a real thing you can do own research about flow state um nothing does that for me like woodworking does
0: i think ex- i have the exact same feeling that's really odd yeah. we haven't done that's why we, we haven't along. done any woodworking together yet though no we haven't let's um, do that
1: and that that goes for all woodworking so now i'm getting my woodworking fix i'm teaching our boys and our school seth and i are going to teach later we're doing some bushcraft
0: lessons oh yeah in an yeah. hour yeah oh. are we that close yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, you know, that's, I've been watching and teaching and reading books with my boys about how to build like bushcraft tools and shelters just cause they, l- they enjoy it. It's fun to me. They like it too. So we're doing it together. Um, you know, there's some finer, one of our friends is a, a famous oil painter. He paints Western wildlife. Shout out to at Jeff Weir Oil
0: Works. Oh, he is famous now too. He's yeah, just he's very famous. He's cool. Uh, yeah. um, awesome human being. Famous
1: in the art world anyways. Famous yeah. for being a, uh, rebel artist and doing his uh, own thing. I was thing. just
0: going to say rebel. Like he has that, that yeah. vibe to him. Yeah.
1: Um, he's very successful. And uh, I might start making frames for him. Some nicer high end.
0: There's your woodworking frames.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I could do that, think about that. That is, that is the ideal scenario. Do one or two little things that you really love to do. Like, like you can put all your detail and tension into, but not have to do them for your income. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's it. That's what everybody wants. Yep. And they think, start, Oh, I love to make, whatever what's a thing somebody can make Seth? leather leather wallets like our other friends have a leather business i I love sewing leather and making these things right but when you turn that into your profession your career your source of income everything changes right Mm -hmm. you can you you can figure out ways to make that work for you but when you like let's, let's say you left police work and you're like oh i love leather working i've been doing this i'm gonna make leather holsters but when that becomes a business and you have to fund your existence with that thing, everything changes. That's what happened to me with woodworking. Like, It just got old. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because there's, there's a limited market, depending on where you are, for high-end custom furniture. You could get into it. You could do, like, artsy pieces or some stuff, but your the time it takes to build that name is significant. Um, and then uh, the other thing is, like, you have to do other things you don't want to do. Like cabinets. Everybody needs to make cabinets as a woodworker. Everybody has should know how. One, it's a basic skill. But two, when stuff's slow, you, let's say you can't sell some high-end table, dining table or whatever you want to build, what are you going to resort to?
0: Got to make those cabinets, pay the bills. Construction. Yeah. Right?
1: Could be framing. Could be could be building a big porch, timber frame, gazebo. Whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. But you end up doing these things that – you're like, man, I just I just want to build stuff. I don't want to do this. I, I want to do what I want to do because mm-hmm. this is not fun anymore. So that's where I got. And this whole time, people, we haven't mentioned this yet. When I was in the fire service my last few years, I worked at a couple gyms, training people. I had a couple of different CrossFit gyms back in the day. My we are part of the older, like very old CrossFit crowd.
0: Does that crowd not talk about CrossFit as much?
1: does not. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, no. It did. We don't. That's not how it is. Like we came up in Garage gyms and shitty warehouses that nobody knew about. I'm just teasing. I've like back in the day, I you like could, You could go on the forums or in the comments on the main page, and put your house, and people would literally show up at your door. Like, hey, is this the spot? It's
0: the underground CrossFit gym.
1: Yeah, that's what it was.
0: I I, lo- I love CrossFit, dude. Some of my best injuries have come from that. So excellent.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The problem is that became a whole different animal. Um, but some of my friends, like 0405, started a few of the first gyms in Florida, the first Crossfits back then. And that's how, that's, that was our introduction to it. And we So we were like satellite around that world. And I ended up working in a couple gyms before I left. And then um, when we moved to Tennessee, I, st- I still did some programming work. Like I really enjoyed coaching people. So I still wrote some programs and did some other work for some of our friends or my old clients even, a couple of them, or f- friends that were clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we moved here, like we... You know, woodworking school was a bust. I had my own business. We were doing that. We still, our end goal was still we, to come here. Like, we moved to Tennessee to go to that school. After I finished school, we were going to come up here to the northwest, the inland northwest. And, um, you know, we just got, we got to a point where th- those doors opened. It took three years. We'd spent three years in Tennessee. and I did all the things that I've mentioned already. And we moved up here. Um, a job, teaching job opened up. Ashley applied. She got it. That's what brought us here. We got here. I was like, "Damn, what do I want to (laughs) do?" I tried to get back into public safety, but for some uh, just odd, random things, it didn't work
0: out. What drew you back towards that?
1: Just wanting to be of service. Mm -hmm. Like I just felt like I wasn't serving people. Like you know, um, this. So this was that time I was talking about in the beginning. Like a couple years after I left, I had to go through this realization that. No matter what I was doing, I I was serving people. Like, building somebody a beautiful piece of furniture, that is a service. They're going to carry that with them for their life and give it to their kids and maybe grandkids, right?
0: We were literally just talking about this this morning. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, But having, like, working, this was the time when I was working through that. Like, I didn't know. I hadn't realized that yet. Mm -hmm. So we got here, and um, same thing. Like, well, what do you want to do? You know, we had some little bit of money put away from some other thing, from uh, the sale of our house and some other stuff. Uh, so we took that time, and we, you know, just sat down, mapped some stuff out, and I was like, you know, I really enjoy coaching people. I'm going to start a coaching business. And that ended up, it was it was productive for me, as in I learned a lot. It was not productive from a um, long-term income standpoint. I to make some money.
0: What kind of coaching?
1: Well, it started out with life coaching around health. Um, and you know, I got some clients. It wasn't horrible, but the to keep that business alive, it takes a lot of work, like stupid amount of um, human interactions like interacting with people, conversations around sales. It takes um if you want to go digital, it takes a ton of content. Um, I just decided that wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to get back into still coaching people through those things, but also training them. So I started training again out of our garage. Um, in that time, that first year we were here, I worked for a tree service four days a week during the season, like the season, the season ends in the winter. um, worked for a tree service four days a week, did all my coaching stuff on Fridays and Saturdays. And I then the following year I started training people in the garage in January and I did my own side construction projects because that's a skill I have. Um, just doing a punch list stuff for one of my training clients as a realtor. Um, or one of my coaching clients, she was coaching and training client. Um, I did that and other people started asking what flipped that switch for me. I was working at the tree place and they were about to go into winter layoffs. And I I hadn't never had an intention to stay there. It was just to help pay the bills until my other business got off the ground. And (laughs) our, our landlord for the house we were in said, Hey, we need somebody to do one of our condos downtown. Um, we're, we're doing a wood floor project. Can you do it? And I was like, I had to say no. Cause they wanted it done like right then. Mm. It was a $25,000 wood floor job. Whoa. And then several other people had asked me about smaller projects that I had turned down because I had, you know, had my side business and the tree stuff. Um, and there were good people to work for. It's nothing bad. It's a good, fun profession. It's a lot of backbreaking work, but it's fun. Um, So i was turning this work down i was like damn i could be making some decent Mm -hmm. money by myself and if you know anything about where we live um there is a massive amount of people that have moved here in the last two to three years like when we came here there were some people moving here but since then it's like uh, 2020 ramped that up exponentially
0: yeah i was one of those (laughs) it's a wave (laughs) i rode the wave yeah
1: um i think you guys you had planned on coming here anyways so I don't think you were running from anything. No, but anyways, all that's to say, like there, there's a huge demand for anybody that has a skill. It could be hairdressing, changing tires, mechanics, lawn service, tree service. Doesn't matter. Carpenter. If you can, you will find work here if you have a skill. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was turning down these this work back then. It was already pre 2020. It was already a little bit tight. And I said, well, damn, I'm just gonna work for myself again. I don't, this is no, there's no reason not to do this. So I started training people in the garage, started doing side projects, and that led us to where we are now. Now we have our gym facility um, that houses our athlete training and our school, and I'm doing real
0: estate. Yeah, yeah. Boom. So um, would you do it all over again? There's a lot of stress along that road and fear, but there's also a lot of freedom.
1: I would do it again. I would... Obviously, looking back, I would um, plan things better. I would do yeah. more planning and preparation, more research. Because, like I said before, I've always been that person. It's like, yeah, let's go do it, just because, like, I, I want to try it. And that's no way to start a business. That's no way to make a big move like that. You know, especially with a family. If you're young and single, it's different. Um, so th- there's a price you pay for that. Part of that price is the learning curve. Um, it does take a toll on your family and your your personal What's the word? Just you personally. Um, so yeah, I would do it again. I would plan better, do more, uh, develop more of a uh, strategy, be more specific in a lot of things, um, and that's all stuff I had to learn. That's different. Uh, it's not, it's not thought about in our world, in
0: the first responder world. Yeah, you've learned a ton of lessons. Yeah. You have a lot of valuable information on how to kind of make that transition. Yeah. I would, I would assume you'd be open to people reaching out to you if they had questions or
1: Yeah, you can reach out. Um if anybody wants to has a question, you can hit me up on Instagram at Northland. Northland underscore Jared J A R E D. That's my personal I just got back on there a couple weeks ago. I haven't had a personal Instagram in a few years. I have a business one for the gym and a business one for the school. And the show has
0: one, but I wasn't on there personally. I have a personal one now. Jared, I've, I've always wanted to start a business where I bedazzled jeans. Is it a good idea?
1: It can be. <laughs> that's a lot of conversations, though. <laughs> um, so that's the funny thing. When I left, when I pulled the trigger and jumped the ship, I can't even count the number of people that reached out to me. Hey, bro, how's it going? How'd you do it? Are you all right? Like There's a lot of people there. Are, are that you making it? Yeah. I know you're getting that now.
0: Yeah, it's like, I hate to use the word trap because it's such a noble career, any of them. It's not a trap, but some people feel trapped. It definitely can be a trap. Yeah. Um because you feel like like me and and you're the same way. Like our minds we like to I don't know, be creative and and are interested in lots of things so our minds wander and when you get stuck, I mean I remember feeling like commonly feeling like I can't wait till I retire, then I can start living my life and I'm looking at, you know, 15 more years. And, and it was so depressing to Start me. Start living now. Start living now. Like you can do it and do the job, um, a hundred percent. yeah. But that that was very demoralizing to me. And I think that's why people hit a, a slump, like you know, year ten, the ten year slump, of like, holy crap, I got to work another twenty years
1: or whatever it is. Yeah. Um. So this is something we haven't addressed yet either. Part of that is the this is a fact. Um. I was listening to a different uh, Bigger podcast. That's a um, from a friend of ours, a friend of a friend that is uh, going to be on the show in Ooh. a couple months. Yeah. So, by the way, if you're listening still, all of our six listeners, um, I'm just kidding. We're way way higher than that. But <laughs> we have some massive guests lined up. Like, I
0: don't even know how this happened.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, we're not we're not going to share them yet. One of them actually we're, we're recording next week, first week of November. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I don't know. That'll probably be published a week or two after that, but. I'm so excited to talk to him because I have a mutual friend with him and it's I think it's gonna blow his mind. So it is. Oh he I told him he knows. Oh okay dang Yeah.
1: It. Oh. And and these are people that like we know through our roughly through our circle or our satellites, like our they're friends of friends and we're not that. so we just started reaching out and they're like, Oh yeah, we'd love to jump on. So it it's crazy. Like some of the I don't know how to say it, like massive brands, massive shows, massive digital presences. These guys are jumping on our show and at least right, in our world.
0: It's not like uh overall it's not like a Kardashian or something no we we don't care about them
1: well we're we're talking about like hundreds of thousands or across all their platforms millions of subscribers and followers and cool people that we align with yeah they're cool um and we're not just talking about public safety we're talking about everything like Mm -hmm. fitness nutrition bushcraft Mm -hmm. self-defense all of it so it's happening we got some massive guests coming up i don't know how i transitioned into that but (laughs) what was i saying (laughs)
0: I don't remember, no. actually. Um, you, I don't know. You've had a really cool history of, of your transition into where you are now. I think it's so neat. Yeah. Oh, right. I, I want to talk about this. You said the bedazzled thing. Yeah. Jeans, right? Yeah, it's um, my passion.
1: So here's something that I did not understand, and I don't, I don't think there was a lot of information around this, specifically when I started trying to do all my own things, like my my own Instagram for the, my wood business and all these other things we were trying to do. Um People, they'll read some, you know, you'll get hammered with advertisements for some guru digital marketing strategy. Like, I get them all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's six-figure a month, personal training studio, and all this bullshit. Um, there may be people making that, or doing that kind of volume, maybe, but that doesn't mean everybody is, or that just following your email template or whatever garbage you're selling is going to get me that. There's lots of other factors. And this is something I'd, I didn't understand. Um, whatever if you're going to go digital, whatever platform you choose has its own rules. And inside that platform, there's even more rules, right? So if you want to start an Etsy store, that's different than Instagram. They have different rules, like different things that work there that don't work on Instagram. Or if you want to start a, like, build a really big Instagram following, Instagram doesn't have the same rules as YouTube, right? They're, they're different channels, different platforms different things. Um, even then, Instagram and Facebook, Facebook owns Instagram, but they're not the same. They have different rules as well. Like their algorithms work differently. There's different strategies to employ, different ways to structure your posts, different different factors that go into play as far as how much they'll show you to people whatever they're trying to do. And Like even inside Instagram. Now there's Instagram. You can do a post and that also cross posts to Facebook. That When you do that, it ratchets the Facebook post down a little bit. You won't get as much traction. Um, people do it because it's convenient and it saves time. Um, there are Instagram stories that are also your Facebook stories, right? Um, and that works pretty well. Stories are very popular, and they're trying to push stories right now. There's Instagram TV, which is for longer things. Like you want to do a 40 minute video or a live, or that's where that goes. And there's Instagram Reels, which is their version of TikTok, right? But every one of those options inside Instagram has a different set of rules that you have to learn to be successful at that thing, right? Just making a stupid video or making a post or making it, that's not how it works. It's not going to, that's not going to give you what you need. And I didn't understand that. um, In the beginning, it was just all like willy nilly. This person said, do this. this I, you know, pay for some trainings on digital stuff, social media, whatever. Coaching around Instagram, around Facebook, around these other options. And Nobody was really explaining that at the time, I don't, and honestly, that's all of these different options didn't exist back then. We're only talking five, six years ago, but it wasn't there. Even three and four years ago, it wasn't the same as it is now. Like TikTok, Jeff, our friend, he had a massive TikTok following and deleted the whole thing, and then he restarted it. He's back up pretty high again. Um, this <laughs> he's hilarious, but uh, you don't like—they're all different and they all have their own independent thing, right? And if you if you don't know what you're doing, you're gonna you're going to spend way too much time worrying about that. Like how to, why are my posts not getting engagement? Why is this not working? Why is this post sucking? Like If you don't know what you're doing, it's going to suck and it's going to be very hard and very challenging. So I I would recommend um, learning about that. You can learn for free. There's tons of information out there on their web, on YouTube about how to build those things and platforms independently. Um, You can even hire a a firm or a company to manage it for you. Um, And then, that's a whole content and lead generation are not the same content doesn't mean lead generation. You know, that Mm -hmm. Lead generation is having some form of capture that gets you people's information. Right. Um, And I'm just saying all this to say, there's a lot that goes into this. You don't have to do any of it. There's a lot of successful businesses that don't have a digital presence, but if you're going to do it, educate yourself and figure out like target specific things. I was all over the place trying to learn, like trying to, well, this says do this here. This says do that there. Like, if you just do one thing, like, if you want to sell shit on Instagram, build an awesome Instagram page and don't worry about anything else. Mm-hmm. If you want to sell stuff on Etsy, then do it there. Like, You could sell hand-crocheted uh, beanies or whatever. I don't care what your thing is. But learn the rules for that thing in that place and go kill it. Heck yeah. The point is, get focused.
0: So there is hope, whether you're retiring whether you're wanting to just career change, it is possible, is what I'm getting out of this conversation. Yeah, we went more
1: into like my life story than anything else. This was supposed to be about you. Do have skills? Um, and then like using me as the example, that's what happened today. We didn't plan on that, but I've done lots of things: I've done construction, I've done landscaping, I've done tree work, I've done firefighting, I've done emergency medicine, um, done coaching and training. You know, now, yeah.
0: I'm, now I'm doing this. The overarching real estate the overarching skills that you can learn as a in the public safety realm, uh, as far as communication, as far as leadership, I mean, yeah. you know, there's guys, a good friend of ours is leaving soon. Um, and he's a Sergeant and mm. I'm telling him like, Hey, you're, you know how to lead people in one of the most high stress environments out there. Yeah, do That's a huge skill. That's yeah. better than, you know, a lot of these managers that came up in a, it's a totally different world. Yeah. So,
1: so what you're saying is, you can lead a SWAT team through a hostage negotiation and get everybody out alive. Yeah, but you can't help this person. Pretty sure figure you out what they want to buy today. Like, yeah, I bet. I, I bet we can make this work.
0: You can work. So there's a, there's a lot going on out there. Um, I think we covered it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I mean, just hit those points. Understanding that. As a first responder, the majority of what you do is leading people. Mm-hmm. It's also communicating with them. Like the big, biggest part of the factor in leadership is communication. Um, and then understanding that you can transfer those things the, the both the literal, physical, tactical, tactical skills and the um, overarching themes and concepts. You can transition all of that into something else. It does not have to be in the, you don't have to go from being a cop to being a private security guard. No. By the way, somebody offered to hire us to do that recently. We're both saying no.
0: Yeah, we gotta focus. Remember? Focus. Focus. (laughs)
1: Focus. (laughs) Oh. um, So, yeah, just, you gotta believe that you can do it, that you can figure it out. It doesn't mean it's gonna be easy. It might be challenging, it might be easier for some. Um,
0: And it will be scary, guaranteed. That's okay. It's okay. That's a motivator, too.
1: Oh, I gotta drop this in there. One of the things that was a huge realization for me this might be the, like the greatest nugget from this whole Ooh. hour we just recorded, Sweet. is realizing how many first responders and service members are there? How many? Oh, you're asking I'm anything. asking you, yeah. <coughs> like
0: currently? Active? Yeah.
1: Millions? Yeah, but what percentage-wise of the population? America has, oh, a, America has a very high percentage of those professions. Oh, hi. Higher than probably everywhere else the in the world. I answered the question all wrong. No, 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 no. Okay. It's low. Okay. So we have a very, our percentage of our population is very high that does those things. But the total percentage of our population that does those things is extremely low. Gotcha. It's like 1% or something. Yeah, you that sounds everybody. About right. I forget what the actual number is. There's no way to actually tell, but I think it's close to 1%. 99% of the people in our country, more in other places, like closer to 100%, all make a living and have successful lives doing something else.
0: <laughs> what?
1: It's mind blowing. I know it's mind blowing. But think about that shit. Like all the stress, all the worry. Oh, what am I gonna do? Okay, there's nothing else I can do. Okay. And when you s- when you step back, you're like, wait, what does everybody else do? Yeah. Like a town of thirty thousand people, average American small town, like normal sized town or city. And how many people there are first responders? A
0: couple hundred, maybe. Not even. Not even. huh? Not even. Maybe,
1: maybe over 100 total.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep.
1: What is everybody else doing?
0: All the other people are making it.
1: They're doing just fine.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: all that is to say you have a way out if you need it. Or if you're just ready to retire, you can do whatever you want.
0: I like it. Yeah. That's encouraging.
1: Also, hey, if you want to get into real estate part-time, hit us up. We can get you in. Get you under us in EXP or not under us, but get you set up in eXp. eXp is a brokerage that allows you to not have to go to the office.
0: Yeah. So no matter where you live, we can help you with that and give you some guidance along the way because like anything, it's scary to go out on your own. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll connect you with um you know mentors and people that are going to help you. Boom. Boom. Well, let's go teach kids about survival. Let's do it. It's
0: been fun. That was a good talk. That was a good talk. Yeah,
1: I like the new setup. We had a little, I'm going to apologize again for the, noise when we were moving our mics around.
0: And Can I point out two things? Go. Uh, one, nobody died in this episode, and I think we only swore twice. Uh, we that didn't talk about a dead person at all? Uh, no. Is that a first? Yeah. Whoa. And the swearing was twice. I think I said Which shit a couple times. Yeah, well, now, now it's three. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Are you were tracking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out is, I love your T-shirt, by the way. Jared's T-shirt says, Socialism Distancing. Yeah. The social awesome. is... is Capital and then the ism is not. It's a great shirt. Gets lots of good comments around town. Um, And that's the thing we can all get behind, I'd say.
1: On this show, that's for sure. Yeah.
0: Maybe not everybody, but we do here. Right
1: on. Well, Seth, you just picked a side. How'd that feel?
0: (laughs) That was a funny conversation earlier. Uh, That felt great. I feel really good about that. Good. All right.
1: Let's wrap this up. Bye, everyone. We
0: love you. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. I uh, hope you enjoy the show, and we would just like to mention a few things before you go.
1: Yes. As always, we don't have any sponsors right now, so we are sponsoring this
0: ourselves. Self-sponsored. Fantastic. So, what's your business, Seth? Uh, so I am one of the owners of 10-8 Real Estate, and if you know your brevity codes, like you're a first responder, you'll know that 10-8 means in service. So we're in service all the time, taking care of our clients. Um, excellent little bit of news is that we have a new member of the team. Happy to announce. He's very hey. familiar. <laughs> there he is right there across from hey. me. Uh, Jared has joined the team. So we now have two retired first responders on the team. And then my wife would be the third person currently. She's the brains behind the operation, the boss lady. And we are uh, part of EXP Realty. So um could be a good avenue for some of you that may be transitioning or retiring or finding a new career path or part-time. Uh, feel free to reach out to us and we can help guide you on that journey in real estate. It's a wonderful, f- wonderful field to be in. That's correct. EXP is fantastic. Absolutely. Um, you can find us. Our website is 10, all written out, 10-8realestate.com. Um, on Instagram, we are 10 8 real estate. And on Facebook, we are at Ten Eight Real Estate. So hit us up, let's talk. And anything else to add?
1: Yeah, uh, our specialty on the real estate side is helping first responders find their dream home. Bring it, you know we got so your back. You want to relocate to North Idaho and soon to be Western Montana? Yeah, yeah. Um, hit us up, we got you covered.
0: Yeah, we will uh, protect you like we're working a beat together. That's correct. That's right. I don't know what you, co- what do you call it in the fire department. It's not a beat. Shift. Shift. Yeah, that's cool. Like
1: you guys are... First well, area is first due. Shift is the literal time frame. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, there we go. All right, and my wife and I, my wife Ashley and I, we own two businesses here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. One is called Northland Strength. It's a training, um, strength and performance training training facility for athletes, for youth athletes. And then we also started a private school this year called northland training academy and you can find them at northland strength on instagram and at northland underscore cda is the school
0: also on instagram and my kids go there it's awesome the model is fantastic hopefully it spreads worldwide I yeah love it. that's one thing we're doing we are cataloging and
1: documenting all of our steps and progress so we are going to take this model that we've created and give it to people sometime next year we'll be like here do this most people are scared to start their own school. They think they can't. They think people won't pay them money. They think all these things, uh, most of that is just misconceptions or fear-based ideology that they've adopted. So
0: we're going to help people with that. It's an awesome alternative to the traditional method. Yeah. Oh, we can't forget the show. Oh,
1: yeah. If (laughs) if you want to find us (laughs) on Instagram, we're at copy that radio. And the show is hosted at Anchor FM and that's anchor.fm slash copy that radio you can actually send us a voice message from anchor um, and anywhere the description is listed on apple or spotify or google wherever you're listening there's a link at the end of our episode description you can message us so if you have a story you want to tell you want to share with us or somebody you want to connect us with several people have reached out trying to connect us with first other first responders that have some crazy stories we're working on getting them scheduled Um, you can do that just shoot us a message on there or instagram at copy that radio all right. Thank you very much. Bye.
0: Bye.